going the wrong way. We have to get to Berlin. Brody's this way. My diary's in Berlin. We don't need the diary, Dad. Marcus has the map. There is more in the diary than just the map. All right, Dad. Tell me. Well, he who finds the grail must face the final challenge. What final challenge? Three devices of such lethal cunning. Booby traps? Oh, yes. But I found the clues that will safely take us through in the Chronicles of St. Ansel. Well, what are they? Can't you remember? I wrote them down in my diary so that I wouldn't have to remember. Half the German army's on our tail, and you want me to go to Berlin? Into the lion's den? Yes. The only thing that matters is the grail. What about Marcus? Marcus would agree with me. Two selfless martyrs. Jesus Christ. That's for blasphemy. Do you expect me to talk? Hello everybody and welcome to episode 40 of Do You Expect Us To Talk? As always, I'm Rebecca and joining me are Chris and Dave. How are you doing? Howdy! Hey, how are you doing? This week, we are off to seek the Holy Grail as we discuss Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, starring Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, Alison Doody, Denham Elliott, John Rhys Davies, River Phoenix and Alexi Sale, if you can spot him. Written by Jeffrey, Brown, Jeffrey Bowen, even. Story by George Lucas and Manny Mays. Scored by John Williams, directed by Steven Spielberg, and released in 1989. So, what do you reckon to this third and the best Indiana Jones movie? <gasps> Contra- well, well, you've shown your hand, Chris. Well, I think we all kind of know where we go. I mean, first of all, um, you notice how many Bond-related actors are in this as well? Everybody. Everybody's in this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. apart from Denny the Flex, obvious. Well, um, the main villain is Chris Dartos. It's Chris Dartos, exactly. Uh, yeah. For your eyes only. Uh, also, uh, uh, is it uh, Govel, the the other baddie, the Nazi general dude? Uh, he's, yes, right. he's in it as well. Yeah, he's he in... was in Tomorrow. He, he was in Tom- the guys on the tank. Yeah, he was in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, on one well, of the boats. yeah, he was on the. It was on the boat. Uh, not the Devonshire, yeah. the other one. Then whatever. Go- I forgot the name of the second one we see. Oh, the ship. Yeah. Whatever that is, whatever that thing is, sink it. That's his line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got Alison Doody as the main yeah, female interest. She's Jenny Flex in A View to a Kill. Uh, was there anybody else? Obviously, Sean Connery. Sean Connery obviously. Uh, that, jo- John Rhys Davies, of course. John Rhys Davies yes. is obviously in uh, The Living Daylights as Pushkin. And I feel like we're missing someone as well, but th- that that is quite a hefty amount of Bond related, apart from the obvious think, Sean you know, Connery the, um, as well. The old is... girl night at the end, I used to, always used to think that was Desmond Wellen, obviously wrong, but when I was little, I used to think, oh yeah, he's in this movie, and obviously he's not. But there's a <laughs> random link. <laughs> If Q was in there, he'd have all sorts of sort of auto-erotic <laughs> gadgets work, worked out for like 900 years in there. Oh, dear. Um, no, I'd well, actually, the only, the only, I have seen that guy before, but I saw him in a, a a television version of a Greek play. He was like, he like led the chorus in it. Oh, wow. I, think it I think it may have been um, Oedipus, Oedipus Rex. Mm. So I have seen him before, but I, that's all I've seen him in. No, he's obviously a Desmond Wedding alike. 
Yeah. Well, they're both dead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hopefully we can choose wisely rather than poorly with our review of this film. Nice. Chris, take it away, buddy. Nice. Um, okay, I'm going first. Okay, uh, well, uh, to start off, uh, yeah, like Becca, this is... I, don't, I find it difficult to say it's probably the best one, but I know it's my favourite. It's the one I could probably, if I had to pick one, it would be this. Um, and I think the reason for that is maybe slightly to do with nostalgia, because this was my first cinema... Well, this, yeah, I was going to say the only then, but that's not true. Uh, I blanked out the other one. <laughs> this is uh, this is my first, this is my first cinematic in, uh, indie. I remember watching it in cinema um, as well, like a bir- like birthday treat. Should, should we say? I think it was actually a birthday party. I think I, it was like uh, me and a bunch of other kids from school went. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I I clearly remember like wanting like not wanting to see this after seeing indie on TV and wanting to experience this on the big screen. Um, it also works. I think it's the funniest. I think that's probably what it is. It's the one. It's the one that I find has the most humour. With the, I think it works. It works as a, like a, a buddy movie uh, with Sean Connery and um, House of Blood, and they have such great chemistry together. Um, I, 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 it, it's just a joy to watch, and I, I don't know. I, I think it even I, after this viewing, I. I did kind of get a little bit, you know, there, were, there wasn't tears, there was, there was kind of like, I, I felt I felt a tear coming on at the end as well. I felt like, you know, when when uh, Sean Connery's... Not oh. to be confused with Licence to Kill where he simply felt moist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, but when Sean Connery's like got Harrison Ford and he says, Indy, let it go, I was like, oh, that's... that's, that's but yeah, uh, oh. I think it's, it's my personal favourite uh, Indiana Jones adventure. Uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, yeah, it's my favourite too. I, I, I've tried to I've tried to think in the last few weeks about why it's not the best because I think kind of defensively we have a tendency, if we care at all what anyone thinks of our opinions, to kind of say when when we don't like the acknowledged best in the series, most of all, we tend to start saying, well, that one's our favourite, but this we acknowledge this one's the best. And I thought, well, is that really true? And it is. I, th- I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is just tonally perfect all the way through. This film comes alive at 48 minutes because at 48 minutes we see Sean Connery. Um, at 55 minutes we see Sala, uh, John Reese Davies' character. And from then on to the end, the film is magnificent. It's got that kind of slightly goofy tone of humour that George Lucas is fond of, but it kind of works here. It's funny. And I was thinking all the way through it, he doesn't have a great reputation, Spielberg, for comedy. Uh, his one attempt at a flat-out comedy, 1941, was a bit of a fiasco. Um, Catch Me If You Can was kind of funny. Um, but all the way through this film, it's nailing all its comedy points. I've never seen Sean Connery as humorous in a film. Um, Harrison Ford, it, they play off each other so well. This film would have nothing like the impact if somebody else had played his father. Any quality actor you, you could possibly think of, I, I just cannot imagine there being this. What well, it's the chemistry between the two of them. It's got a plinky plonky sort of score on it. The, the score is a bit of a cutesy version of a Indiana Jones film, so that that's a bit of a sort of drop away. It's well, it's a good score. It's it's a John Williams Indiana Jones score. I'm not saying it's bad. You've got at least it, two it, or it three signals. Good this is funny. 
a little bit too often all, all the way through it. Yeah, I see but what from, you mean. But from 48 minutes through to the end of the film, which is about two hours and five, it's probably the best film in the series. But what you've got with Raiders of the Lost Ark is two perfect hours. But as a yeah, the chemistry between two leading men I love, Sean Connery on as good as I've ever seen him in anything at all. Some fantastic set pieces. This is clearly my favourite. Watching this, it was kind of surprised me because even after being a, a huge Bond fan like I am, um, I was watching this thinking this is actually my favourite Sean Connery performance. Yeah, after what, what after what he's done, even in his even career. better than Entrapment. I know I've not seen Entrapment, <laughs> but uh, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> this is this this film is he's funny. He's cast because he was James Bond. They've yeah, they've come back it. from the previous film and they've said uh, that was too dark. We don't want to do that again. Spielberg was. Re- <laughs> They kind of behaved according to what we know of the two men in question, because Lucas wanted to wanted to. What if we see Indy when he's a little kid? That was his exact words, and I just think, yeah, that's George Lucas. Yeah. Um, and he, thankfully, they went teenage. They went late teenage, and we'll get to that. Um, Lucas was uh, sorry. Spielberg was very keen to sort of do a father son thing. You know, the search for the Grail is the that's search. In, that's for in pretty much. That's a big trope for Spielberg. That's pretty much in all That's of what film. I'm saying. They're behaving according to what we know of the two men. No, exactly. Um, Luca Spielberg's a child of divorce. Sure. And um, they've cast Sean Connery because who could play Indiana Jones' father? Well, he's based Nobody on. Else, really? Bond. Let's get the best James Bond. In their words. Can you imagine if it was if, if he said no and then it had to go to Roger Moore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking. Of, I thought of that during the bit later in the film where he's laying on the tracks of the um, the tracks of the tank, and yeah. Indy's got the whip around his leg. And I'm thinking, what if that was Roger fucking Moore? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be, would it? It would be some 25 year old, or Roger Moore's having a cup of tea somewhere else. Um, I'm sure they use stuntmen for him anyway. But yeah, the casting's perfect. The film's tone is perfect, even though the music's a little bit obviously. Look how funny we are. Um, it does have some dodgier effects because we're into the early days of CG and all the rest of it. So there are bits of it that look a bit dodgy, but um, it, it's exactly what it needed to be. And funnily enough, having just done Bond, this this film was part of the summer that very nearly killed the Bond series. Came out May the 24th, 1989 in the traditional J- uh, sort of Star Wars slot, if you like. And uh, this and Batman dominated the summer. Becca, what's your general feelings on the film? Um, yeah, I just kind of follow the, the populist list, really. This is probably, it's not the most perfect of, of the three, but it's certainly my favourite. I mean, yeah, I can't, all I can do is echo really what you guys have said. It's just, there's only, I think there's about 12 or, 12 or 13 years between them, but you wouldn't really know. In age um, between the two actors. Yeah, yeah, in age, definitely. Um, I was quite surprised by that. I was like, oh, okay, because he always looked a lot older to me, but then also I was quite young when I watched this. But yeah, there's great um, chemistry between the two. Um He was only 12 when he made Dr. No. He was. (laughs) (laughs) He was very young and vital, and now not so much. Um, But no, it's just, yeah, there's there's a little... It's it's the funnier of of all the three films, but it's not not silly, I don't think. There's a few kind of silly moments. Um, And Harrison Ford, you know, he's... In some of the films, you know, where he's not playing the action hero, he's actually... It's similar to Ray Fiennes, actually, you know, when he's not treading the boards or playing serious roles. He's actually hilarious. So... (laughs) And there's some, you know, funny roles that Harrison Ford has done, and he's up to, you know, been an absolute hoot. Um, 
Yeah, you know, great action, really good, you know, great set pieces. Yes, there's some dodgy CGI, but the, um, you know, chemistry between the two, um, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford, they're just, it's just amazing. Um, everyone's completely on point with the performance, and it's just a so you can quote, it's infinitely quotable. So many classic lines, um, and they're going off to, you know, in the greatest, you know, the Holy Grail, which is like the greatest sort of like most iconic images within Christendom for sure. So, it's the Holy Grail of Holy Grail. Holy Grail, of Holy Grail, <laughs> that's the one. It's the Holy Grail of Indiana Jones. When you, when you think of Indiana Jones, I think this is the one that's most quotable. I mean, it may be possibly short round, but, you know... But, yeah, but if you take that <laughs> that away, I mean, even from Raiders, I mean, like, apart from, like, uh, you know, apart from, like, snakes, why'd have to be snakes and uh, bad dates that's and things like that. very dangerous. You go first. Yeah. Uh, this is, this <laughs> is the most... Quite, I mean, like, if you, you, you quote Indy, you think... You know, like it belongs, it belongs in a museum, Dad. You know that, that kind of that kind of junior. You know that kind of. You talked in a sleep. <laughs> oh, that that reaction they have. Oh, it, it's that it's that little sort of thing. I was just like still staring at him. Yeah. It's like prolonged. And he's at one, he's one, he's, he gives him like a little awkward. Then he's really proud with. of himself. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just goes yeah. straight yeah. again. And like. Um, yeah, I, I I I understand what you're saying about. Uh, the, was it the the tone of it? It kind of is bit, it feels a bit uneven. I mean, I never felt feel like that at all. For me, it, it, no, I, I don't. No, I don't think it's uneven at all. I, I think what I would say is, as I say, apart from the the music, very slightly just signposting the tone of the film a bit too much for me. Yeah, I think I just think the film really kind of. Well, I must admit, and for a film I'm about to praise to high heaven, this won't sound like the biggest of praise to it. But I've watched it twice, and the first time, well, one of those two viewings, it was actually the second time, I fell asleep near the start. I woke up just before Sean Connery came in. And I was like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> I'm all right with that, <laughs> because I'm not really that bothered about any of it before. When, yeah, you know, much. As I say, we'll talk about it. We'll be... None of it's bad. None of it's bad at all. It, it's still, the first 45 minutes of this film still better than anything in Temple of Doom. No. But... I must admit, I've only got well, one. I don't know if that's true. Temple of Doom starts really well, but it's yeah. it's if it carried on at that standard, you'd still be looking at a, a very good entry in the series. But it, it comes alive when he gets gets his dad out. Yeah, pretty much. I think there's, there's one other really. There's one other, you... um, one of the criticisms I have is about like the tank chase kind of near the end <laughs> when he gets his old man out. When he gets his old man out, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one criticism I have with this movie. Well, but apart from that, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Dirty old man. <laughs> One thing that I, I, I think it's actually was a smart move was the fact that it, didn't, it, it went completely different with the love interest. I mean, it, I mean, for starters, it, it it doesn't really have one. I mean, it starts off to, to say, "Oh, it's going to go. It's, we we know where we are. It's got this female psychic. She's going to be like the Marion or or Willie, should we say, whatever." Um, and you know, she she goes kind of more femme fatale. You know, I think what what's good about this is about the series is that they always done something different with the female characters you know I mean I know there's only four of them but each, but each um, yeah they're all different aren't they I mean I know they go back to Marion in, in the second one I was going to say even the two that are the same women woman and fasting <laughs> I, I know but but at least but at least then there, there is like there was difference in terms of where they are you know in terms of their relationship yeah you know, where they are in their like, life it's not just a retread of the same thing but it's... she's total diff- totally different we'll get to it next yeah. week I mean I, it, it, I don't think it's any spoiler that I'm not going to be overly kind to Karen Allen's performance next week no um, so even when they do repeat the themselves it doesn't feel the same but 
it, I, I think they've always done something different, and here they kind of like because they do wise to know the fact they're going to have Sean Connery. It's always going to be about their relationship. So the mo- kind of essentially when Sean Connery comes in, it's like that. They, they, obviously, they kind it's of about swap them two from then on. Yeah, it, they, 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 they they swap and they reveal that she's actually a bad guy, and it's like oh. Really? You know, I mean, it's, it's not really a twist, though, is it? I don't think. Um, no, I mean, you know, I don't think I knew at the time. Bear in mind, I was twelve, but yeah, I, I don't think yeah. I knew when it was first revealed. Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I, I didn't either. But then again, it was like it was a weird age where you're not exactly kind of <gasps> at, at that time when you watch something, you just kind of as a kid, you just kind of just watch something. You know, you don't really yeah. sort of get. Uh, you take it in. Yeah, you don't kind of get like, oh well, you know, if every, you know, everything's kind of new. You kind of just go with the story, so you just accept. I think you're both you... right. Yeah, I think exactly. You're both right in the well, Becky, you're right. It wasn't a big shocking reveal, but that's only because I think we were at the age where you don't get that shocked by that sort of thing. You know, like, oh, it's bad girl. No, right. I think oh, she's not. But oh, well. I don't think it had occurred to me before it was revealed. Yeah. No. But it's, it's it's difficult to think when you watch it that young, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would have been. Did she is she revealed before or after we see Donovan is the bad guy? I forget uh, now. Yeah, it's before. Before, it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, because it's, Donovan would definitely have given it away because she's linked to Donovan. But yeah, yeah. Mm. So explain all that. I think we should discuss this film sequentially. In a sequential fashion. Well, yeah, because we're talking about Donovan and all that, and people are thinking, you know, Jason. Jason Donovan. <laughs> or Mark Donovan from V. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever saw that show. There you go. Oh Last week, the Goonies. This week, V. <laughs> uh, I don't really like the start of this film very much, and I never really have. Oh, wow, oh okay. why not? I'm just not that interested. I just think it, it's killing time till we get to older indie. Sean and also, uh, not Sean Connery. <laughs> <Old Indy. laughs> He's not the lead in this film, Becca. I know, but um, you know. <laughs> and I also think the, the, the sort of cutesy humour of revealing all these character traits about him in about a five-minute period yeah. is, is, is a little bit George Lucas. <laughs> That's where he got that from. It, it's just the. It, it's a bit like when you watch episode two and Django Fit bangs his head because the stormtrooper did in the original film. Mm. This is very George Lucas. Oh, that's how he cut his chin. Oh, that's how he did that. And I just. just for the sake of it, that's how he got that scar. I don't know what period it's. So the only thing I will say about this is it's eye scorchingly beautiful. It's the last film Douglas Slocum was cinematographer on before he died. And he, he died fairly recently. And uh, all of this section of the film is, is just a step up in look. It looks lovely. It does look brilliant, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, especially I mean, with, you know being restored on Blu-ray and everything, just absolutely superb. It 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 looks great. I mean, I I kind of know where you you're coming from, Dave. I mean, I think you know you think of the beginning of an Indiana Jones film, you want to see Harrison Ford doing his thing. I mean, we we do to some degree at the end anyway. But um, the the main crust of it is basically see uh, River Phoenix as a teenage Indiana Jones. I mean, I I, I, I agree. It's probably is totally all George Lucas. Um, I, I was thinking about the whole. Well, at least we didn't get little kid. Yeah, no, it wasn't a fucking Cub Scout. I mean, I mean, like, what is? I mean, what I think what makes it work. I mean, for me, I I, I really like it. Um, but for what makes it work is the casting. River Phoenix does a great young Harrison Ford. And he does a great young indie. I mean, it's it's like 
you, you, you see him, and it's like that's exactly how he is. And like, uh, and, and I get the whole like it does literally fit everything in. Like, it, like you find out his fear of snakes, you find out why he's got that scar on his chin. You, you see him use a whip for the first time. It is like, oh, for God's sake! I mean, sake. If halfway if, if halfway along he fucked a sort of Deborah Winger lookalike, <laughs> we'd have gone, oh, well, that explains Karen Allen as well. <laughs> um, but you know, to be fair on it, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know whether this was like a tired, done thing. Whether like, I mean, this might have not been done to death at that time. So I, I was kind of judging it on the kind of well, maybe at the time, you know, your audiences may haven't seen that so much, so it wouldn't have been as tired then. Um, I also think it's actually done quite considerably well, even though it does do all those things that you say it does. I mean. You know, I think maybe like the the scar on his chin is a touch too much. It's like, do you really have to do that? But okay, um, but I think it does it, it it does a really good job. And actually, I, the thing I like the most about it, which is the last one, which shows you how he got the hat from the guy. You know, where he said like you lost a kid, but doesn't mean you have to like it. Which, um, yeah. by the way, I did think. I mean, I, 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 no, yeah, I did look up the actor's name. Is it Richard Young or something like that? Um, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if that was Tom Selleck? That'd be amazing. That would have been awesome, wouldn't it? That would have been like this little sort of. That's that what been it Roger, could have been. That could have been Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> John Connery's his dad. Roger Moore's his inspiration. Oh. And then he has an affair with Dalton about halfway through. This appears in it as a. Yeah, that would have been really good, actually. Just for those of you who are like maybe just tuning into this one, which is possible, um, as we talked about on Raiders. For those of you who don't know, Tom Selleck was the original choice to play Indiana Jones. Yeah. And he would have been an okay choice. It would have been different, but there are screen tests existing of, of, of it, and he wasn't bad at all. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a bad idea, actually. Um, but also, I think that explains, you know, it's, it's something that you don't necessarily think of at the time when you think of the fact that Indy's actually, you know, he's, that, that hat is special to him, you know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing where he always kind of like has to grab it at the last second underneath the closing door. To, Type thing, but it's the things like no, it, you know, it's special to me. You know, it makes it makes me who I am. You know, it's it, you know, he identifies with it. It's, it's not just a viewer's thing that we identify with. It's actually personal to him, and it's it's all down to kind of that moment of like what makes it who, who he is. You know, so I think that was kind of like kind of genius to some degree for that particular thing. But I do get what you're saying about the whole like oh, he has to use a wit or you know all that kind of stuff, but. um but in terms of how it's made, you know, how it's put together, I think it's really, really good. You know, I it's well made. It. It's well made, and I don't really hate it. I just, it, when I look at the original three, this is the weakest opening of the of the original three. I like the other two yeah. quite a bit better. Um, River Phoenix was uh, Harrison Ford's suggestion. He was Harrison Ford's. He said, Shh, "If you want." That's one of my fun facts. Shh. Forget I said that. <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we're about to have the party a little bit too early. So we? as I was saying, River <laughs> Phoenix, who knows how he was cast? <laughs> it's a mystery. Keto Coast with Harrison Ford. I wonder if we find out it's something to do with that. <laughs> what Peter Weir suggested? <laughs> it's a bit, how about that? I don't, did any of you guys see the Young Indiana Jones series? It was in the eighties and nineties, I think it was. I, I watched. I watched it in part. So like, I think of course, and a bit never really got my attention. It kind of like I just watched. I watched whatever it, um, it was when it was on like Saturday 
the early evenings on BBC One. And I was like, this isn't quite Indiana Jones. This is actually kind of boring. But I don't know. I've never really given it a proper chance, really. I'm they tried for a period of time to brand the whole thing as one long saga because when I had them on VHS in the late 90s, the films I mean, not of the young Indiana Jones, they had chapter titles. Yeah. And I'll probably get these chapter titles wrong. But for argument's sake, Temple of Doom was 28 uh, because it's a prequel. Uh, Raiders was 29 and this was 30 or something like that. Yeah. And basically all the young Indiana Jones adventures were chronologically ordered before it. I don't see that so much these days. I know there were two different ages of young Indy. They they had him as a nine-year-old and then they had him as a teenager. It didn't massively uh, interest me. This series is its films. And Indiana Jones is very much, to me, about that look as well. So I don't really want to see a kid version. No, exactly. I'm kind of... This is basically all that is just condensed, pretty much. Um, And I'd much rather have something like this rather than... What what I'd really hate now, well, not hate, but dislike intensely, is them to go back and have, like, another reboot, as it were, in inverted inverted commas. Um... I'm quite, I do quite like this opening sequence actually. I, I mean, it's, it's a bit kind of twee, like see how he gets the scar, how he gets the hat, where he gets his, you know, his spirit from, and you just think, hmm, really? But you know, it's, it's a Spielberg film. It's it's to be expected, um, but it, it looks amazing. Um, some seems quite funny, um, but no, I, I really enjoy it. And then obviously the bit Chris was mentioning that that does the transition that gives us the transition to Harrison Ford. Yeah, I think that's really really cleverly done. I think instead of you know we got from um, what what I think is Monument Valley, correct me if I'm wrong, um, to on a boat in just off the coast of Portugal. So yeah. I think it's really cleverly done. Just off the coast of Pinewood. Pinewood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably on a on a soundstage somewhere it on, does, on really Paramount does, Studios. It, it you know, it really does look like a set. Actually, I mean, I'm not suggesting they should have done that on in a massive storm somewhere. It's not a, it's not a complaint. It's just I really really notice it. Yeah, it's a bit obvious, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, but he's, it's... Fight, he's fighting for the same uh, the same artifact. Yeah, uh, like some random cross thing by some Spanish dude, probably. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, across the coron after it, belonged to the museum. What's some random cross? I don't know. <laughs> no help, you know, whatever. But yeah, but it's it's nice that it's like it's like a lifelong goal of his. Um, he comes across as kind of like the the mustached hat hat wearing villain, which. Uh, could have been Tom Selleck as well. <laughs> Tom Selleck could have played every fucking role in this film. Very happy with that. Um, I mean, it does like, like so do you. Um, which is yeah. Is that harsh? Uh, well, it does now. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it gets the indie have a, have a have a little bit of fist fight in the in the opening uh, intro to the film. So it's. It, you know, it's it, it's fun enough. I mean, you know, I'm I'm I I kind of I always enjoyed this whole the the opening to it. I think uh, Becky, you're right. Uh, if we're gonna do, see Young Indy, I'd rather it just be this. You know, I think it gets it kind of right. The the series from what I saw didn't resemble the indie that I know, and it's resemble the indie that I kind of like. You know, would like to see. I mean, I prefer the kind of the harsh start punch up. Firing guns that sound like bazookas, you know that kind of that that kind of indie. That's what I want. I don't mind origin stories when it pertains exactly to what we're about to see. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to various superhero series that a lot of people are like, "Oh, we we don't have to do the origin story, thank God." I, 
occasionally I really enjoy a decent origin story, but as I say, only if it pertains exactly to where we're going. I don't need to see them years before. I've never really bothered reading like the young Bond novels. They might be terrific, but they don't interest me. That's not James Bond at that age. No, I mean, it's, I've read them. They are, they are quite good, actually. I would I've heard they're them. great. I mean, again, it's not a criticism of the quality of the material, evidently, no. because I've not taken in any of that material. But even if I could be absolutely assured they were terrific, I'm not sure how interested I am. No, so, I mean, partly because, obviously, well, I'm not the target audience, um, but it's not like required reading. It's not like, for example, like, to know what he was like as, you know, as, as young, so you have to read these novels sort of thing. But, you know, it's just interesting and intriguing from a fan point of view, that's all. Yeah, absolutely. But the transition, obviously, this is just a, a sort of coda on this little story that eventually gets hold of this artefact. And we see him back at the college teaching. And again, what I noticed this time is, again, all the pe- all the students are gazing at him adoringly. <laughs> but it's even the men this time. Even the guys love him. Yeah, they all love him. Well, they all, they all want a special one-to-one with him, don't they? And, uh, his... I, I know. They, he basically finishes off his lecture. You've got Marcus Brody back from the first film. Um, uh, Denham Elliott, who's an actor who didn't die that long afterwards. He lasted about three years after this. No, he's quite poorly, uh, wasn't he? He died of AIDS. But he, uh, yeah, so we, we were introduced to him again, or reintroduced to him. He wasn't in the last one. And Indy has to climb out of the window of his office to get away from virtually all of the students wanting one-to-ones. <laughs> yeah, so then he gets uh, picked up randomly. Uh... Yeah, he ends up at a, a like a little sort of soiree at Walter Donovan's apartment, where he's got half of this sort of tablet of stone that indicates the possible location of the Holy Grail. Yeah, it is a bit out of nowhere. I think he's put onto him by Marcus, actually. Uh, but he makes the point, and again, it reintroduces the whole concept of Indy's father and being part of the the film. He says, "You've got the wrong Jones." Because mm. the, um, the 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 Cross Valley Grail has always been the passion of uh, his father Henry. Uh, so it's like always been. He's always thinking, "Well, you know, you should go to him. He he, he loves to do this." And it's revealed that, well, no, we've already have. He's gone missing. He's been kidnapped. And also the, the 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 book that becomes so relevant to this film, you see Sean Connery's character working in that book, in the opening sequence. Yeah. So it's it's been his key, it's been his life's work basically. Um, and can I just say like, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Julian Glover. Yeah, Julian Glover. Um, his accent is actually really quite well for like he's you know he, he can he can pull off a he's super a, creepy, isn't he? He can well, he can pull off like a good American accent. You know, we wouldn't, wouldn't know it's like. I mean, he's one of those actors who you wouldn't necessarily recognise. I mean, I think Matt talked about that in um, in few eyes in yeah, few eyes only. Well, he plays kind of Greek in that, and then yeah. he plays kind of classical. Well, not British because it's Star Wars, but all the bad guys tend to be British in that. Mm. So yeah, he's, he's uh, General Veers, I think, in that. But it's, it's testament to one of those actors who you don't necessarily recognise. He kind of disappears into roles. Yeah, uh, it's it's often in the way he moves physically because when I think of. Christatos, I think of as a sort of slighter, slightly more fey guy than this. Yeah, yeah, they're very. He does play the characters very differently. Here he's a bit more of like a, a cheesy salesman, more than like kind of. He's, he's still gentle speaking. He's not like a brash American. He's like, hey, you know. But he's. I, I think this would be part of the reason that I would put this below Raiders in terms of outright quality, because the way he's hired in Raiders 
it just seems much more natural that they are starting to have you know real concerns about the Nazis that they, they are concerned you know and they he's brought into it in a much more organic way whereas here it's almost like we've had the little prologue adventure let's throw the next one at him mm. um, but it, as I say it does introduce us to the, what turns out to be the bad guy it introduces them to the, the Holy Grail and, and what they're going to be looking for and uh, it also introduces us to Sean Connery's character having been kidnapped uh, where do we go for there? We go back to their house to find he's been kidnapped. Oh, shit. They go back to their <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find out it's all, it's like, absolutely trashed, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Everything's all ramshackled. And we, you know, it, I mean, it kind of feels like Raiders again almost a little bit. You, you start off with the college, and then he, he, and he gets his... And then we go back to Wendy's home, and it's, do you know what a, you know what a cautious fellow I am? Yeah, but it's... Very it, similar. Yeah, it's almost kind of a, similar. There's a formula emerging. Well, yeah, but it's in a good way. Kind of like, because, to be fair, we only had, like, this... You know, it's, it's the only time it's kind of gone back to it. Cause before this, it was Temple of Doom, which was nothing like the Raiders at all. So, you know, to kind of retread is kind of, to, it, you know, at, at, at this point, I don't see anything wrong with it. It kind of feels like, oh, we're back home now. You know, it feels a little bit more warmly, a bit more homely, you know. I mean, of course, of course it's done differently anyway, but it just feels like a little nice warm touch to see Marcus back again and things like that. And of course, Marcus is coming with us this time. Yeah, definitely. He's joining us on the uh, on the adventure. And he was a brilliant comedian. He was such a funny guy mm. as an actor. I mean, he played, um, I'd say for those of you who may not recognise him, he was in loads of stuff, but springing to mind was the butler in uh, Trading Places. And he's always very good at, like, he plays a little bit drunk really well. And he plays a little bit sort of swept along by circumstances really well. <laughs> That's really what he does in the whole of this film, though. It's just it's a glorious performance. And then so he heads off. He finds while he's there, he realizes that he's had mail that he hasn't opened, and it's it's his father's book. Mm. He's not. He's been kidnapped, and just before being kidnapped, he's mailed the book with all this Holy Grail stuff to him. So it tells us that there are dark forces after this book, and also now he has to rescue his father. So it's come the quest to save his father. Essentially, is what he's kind of doing for. He's not. He's not really interested in Holy Grail at all. He's like, he's, doesn't he's, care about it at all at this point. Yeah. He's going after his dad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he goes to where is it? Venice. Yes, he does. He goes to Venice and uh, and meets not Helen Slater. Funnily enough. No, <laughs> <laughs> she's not Helen Slater either. It was very nearly um, Amanda Redman apparently, but she was too scared of rats. So we got Alison Doody instead. She's been in a fight as well. Oh dear. <laughs> um, but now we, we get um, Jenny Flex instead. Yeah, they wanted to cast 29 year old an Austrian and they cast 21 year old an Irish. He <laughs> <laughs> um, just thunk it. Just thunk it. it. She's alright though, she's really glamorous and uh, Indy gives her one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't really do much after this. Like, you know, well, she's probably exhausted. She's been fucked by Indiana Jones <laughs> and James Bond. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bond them. And Roger at that. Yeah, Bond them fucker though, did he? Before well. the before the offence of the film. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, it's like we we really know what was filmed. You know, we don't know. The, uh, yeah, uh, we yeah we meet uh, Elsa Schneider. Sean Connery. Funnily enough, Sean Connery can pronounce that perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sh- 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 um, yeah. Who? Uh, how, 
who, uh, who, who Harrison Ford instantly starts like chatting up as literally as soon as he meets like Fraulein and Flower. Okay. I have a mother's ears and my father's no, my mother's eyes and my father's ears, but the rest belongs to you. It's just like, oh, cheesy chat up line. It's like, you know, can't, fucking calm down. We just met her. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> well, it worked. He checked her. Uh, you take her down to see some rats. I mean, it's, it's, it's an odd technique. <laughs> this section of the film loses me a bit because the whole film's beautiful and Venice is shot very nicely. And they do have a bit of chemistry. I mean, he's got chemistry with everybody, as I said earlier on in this series, at this stage of his career. But um, the whole stuff with, with, you know, going in amongst the rats and trying to find the other bit, I'd lost interest. I I think it's it's quite funny, though, when they're trying to break into the tomb and they have to kind of do it in time to the the guy stamping the books. It's like, you know, every single time. It's quite funny, I think. I do. Yeah. I, I, I like it. It just feels like. You know, I mean, I. You know, it it, move, it moves on at a pace. It's like it's indie. It's the kind of like feel that it's 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 part of the tropes. But I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of interested. I like how Marcus is here that this time around. There's a sorry who. Hmm? Who did you just Marcus? Oh, I like how oh, Marcus really? here. I thought you said Carol Marcus. And I'm <laughs> like, uh, what? <laughs> they cast you. We've got Star Star Trek two. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, 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 no. Was it? Really? No, All right. no, no, no. Mar- Marcus Brody, no. Um, okay. uh, right. it's, it's, it's just like you know, I, 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 I like the action scene that follows it. You know, obviously, it's, it's like you know, it's, 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 it's the tropes. I mean, in last film, it was like no, in last film, it was bugs. Uh, before that, it was snakes. So this time, it's rats. I like how there's like a little nod to a dad to to his dad saying like, well, you know, he hates rats. You know, so it's like obviously for 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 Indian snakes and for his dad it's rats. You know, I like those kind of common trope that there's, there's always something's got everyone's got a rational fear of something. Um, I'm just I'm just surprised. Yeah, and again, one. it's it, it's it's the right side of a line we go the wrong side of next week because again, father echoed in the son. It's rats in his case. It's snakes in Indy's case. Next week we've got oh he's named after a dog. So is he mutt. All right, you yeah. know, and so on. Uh, X not marking the spot. He says that when he's at the college. X never marks the spot, and it literally does in Venice, and <laughs> that's okay. That's actually reasonably sharp writing. The writer of this died tragically young. He's only in his fifties. Died of heart failure about ten years after this. Um, but he's written a pretty sharp script here. Mm. Yeah, I, I like it. I like, I like the reveal as well of like seeing it across the room, and yet then Indy kind of figuring out it's actually on the floor. Uh, it's um, it, it's it's a, it's a nice sort of reveal. It's like visually as well. It's a nice sort of. I mean, I I, I, mem- I remember seeing it like clear as day, and I'm thinking, oh, that's quite good. You know, in my ten year old brain, going like, mm. and um, everything feels so much lighter. Every, uh, you know, I think we talked about this last week that Spielberg and Lucas were in a bad place when they made that film, and it kind of showed. Everything just feels much lighter and happier here. Yeah, it feels like they kind of want to be here. Yeah. And, if, and again, it feels a lot more like Raiders in spirit. Um, so yeah, we get um, they, they dig down into uh, this uh, this little tunnel uh, cabin tomb thing where they find. Mm. Uh, is That's it, yeah, is it who is it? Is it is it Sir Sir Richard Sir Richard or someone like that? Or I've forgotten the name. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I, it was mentioned in the film. It gets mentioned later on when he catches up with his father. But they they go and get uh, he's t- this is all set up during his conversation with Walter Donovan. We've mm. got this portion of it, and we need to find this. 
Yeah, and they find basically find essentially the 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 inscript of that uh, tablet, but on the shield. Yeah, the rest of the stain marker. So they so Indy make makes a copy with some tracing paper, which is very nice, yeah. very handy. Gives you. He happens to have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, happens to have it to hand. Yeah, which which is good. And, Set uh, square, Stanley knife, full geometry kit on him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just like just like on a little side note, um, I don't know. Obviously, they're in the like, early nineties, and there are quite a few Indiana Jones computer games and everything. Um, do either of you play like the? It was called a graphic adventure version of this film for, for the PC. I'd, I'd have bought it under such a misapprehension with that title. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember this I'd, particular I'd, I'd, scene. I'd have put it in and it just would have been a load of archaeology. It would have disappointed me. <laughs> not that graphic, Dave. Not that kind of graphic. No, I just remember because like, this, I think this is why I enjoy this film so much because I obviously grew up playing that game as well. Like, um, Not as much of a PC gamer. Um, but it was very like, VGA graphics, so not that kind of high-vis you know, as, as it is now. Um, but I remember like, going through this tunnel um, during the scene where they're in the catacombs. And um, the one thing I liked about the game was there's lots of different puzzles that you have to solve along the way um, to get from one scene to the next. And this scene was terrifying because not only did you have rats, you had like skeletons coming at you. But you had to do a word search. It was, it was, it was <laughs> really it was terrifying. They literally had to like you know rearrange objects and piece artifacts together, and it was just I don't know. It just it's really impeding my memory of this movie as well. Um, well, there's our yeah. top tip listeners. If you can go out and find 1989's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. We'll try to find terrifying it. word search in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if you, if, literally, uh, you know, listeners, if you played this game as well, let us know what you think of it. Um, it's actually called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the graphic adventure. Um, and it's cheesy 8-bit music, but it's really good fun. And, you know, if you played it, let us know what you think of it. It's called a graphic adventure. It's got cheesy music, God. <laughs> I would so be on the wrong path with what I thought I'd be <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave, you love it on a whole other level. So so basically, I know I always get a bit confused by this because Harrison Ford makes uh, a comment about like it's basically just gasoline or something like that. It's like it's petrol that basically they're in, or like diluted petrol to explain how it all catches fire. Yeah, Yeah. which doesn't really make much sense because they survive by going underwater, which is yeah. I've always kind of like, I mean, I'm no scientist. I don't know what the the science is. Whether it's just like on, what is it on just on top or something? Underwater? My or... problem is at the moment. My problem is at the moment. We haven't met his father yet. We know it's Sean Connery, not only from all the um, advertising for the film, but we do hear his voice in the prologue. Yeah. Uh, we've known Elsa Snyder a, a couple of minutes. We've we've had some guy talk about the Holy Grail briefly, but that's it. We haven't seen it. We we're not that invested at this point. I I don't really care about all this. By the time they ended up with all the snakes in Raiders of the Lost Ark, it had me. I was, I was interested in these characters. So yeah, the logic or not of this sequence doesn't really interest me. And I'm really glad when they move on as good as Venice looks. And as much as I quite like the chemistry between him and Elsha Snyder, where they go next, the film just absolutely takes flight. I think it's, just, it's, it's all setting you up, obviously, because of the twist later on that she's turned out to be a Nazi. But it just sets, you know, you, you get kind of marks out of the picture for a little bit. Um, and you but kind of is get she really together. a Nazi, though? Is it like more like kind of Belloc, who's just kind of working with the Nazis? Because she doesn't really sort of... She's, I she, she doesn't really feel more, it, does It's she? more greed than anything else. Yeah, she, yeah, she's shown not to kind of, like, really, really agree sympathize. with them, but, you know, she's no. just like... it's just, well, she's just, 
it's kind of it's kind of like what Donovan, which he, you know, I mean, when he goes into kind of explain his reasons for for it, it, it's like, come on, mate, you're not really that gullible, are you? So yeah, but uh, okay, but we get uh, we get the first suspect of that of uh, possible villains because at this point we don't know it's Nazis, we don't know who's kidnapped um, Sean Connery, uh, we don't know. We we don't know you know who the villains are. We don't are really at all. know anything. So moment. we get like the so we get like certain um, sort of suspicious looking guys wearing like um, you know the Tommy Cooper hats <laughs> and very nice pinstripe uh, jackets and <laughs> and they uh, and they and they uh, knock out Brody and they follow just like yeah, <laughs> just like that and 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 they set fire to the uh, the 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 tomb tra- attempting to kill Indy and Elsa and. Uh, they escape and they it goes into like a, a boat chase, which I re- actually quite enjoy. Uh, a new maker, all over again. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> so, so no double, no, no double taking pigeons at this point. No, that's the one thing we don't like. <laughs> I think it's a good reveal though, because I revealed to be I was at the Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword. I had to write it down. Um, but no, I think they're quite good because they kind of they help they help kind of the mission along at various points of the film, don't they? So I think it's good to kind of have them. I forget. I always forget about it until the end of the film. Yeah, and then you think, oh yeah, that guy again. So yeah, I mean, I've always thought it was Paul McGann. It always looked like Paul, like Paul McGann, but a bit, really? with, with a bit of me. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I've always thought it was, uh, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I, I I do like the action scene. I like uh, the ridiculous of between like the the uh, the two boats, the, the them going in between like those two boats, and uh, I, I I like how um, how natural and organic it is. Where where where. It, it, it kind of it's kind of like the humor of indie where he just says like D- don't go between them go between them are you crazy you know like that kind of like misconception of what they said that actually gets them to uh go 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 do something like sort of reckless and stupid but it doesn't feel forced it feels kind of genuine and it feels kind of funny at the same time um and they also like the fact that you know the bad guys just get just explode Miraculously, as well, just like it's a nice little effect. But uh, yeah, I've always liked that chasing. It's always I've, I've never enjoyed it as much. It's all well done. It's all done. But as I say, the film hasn't massively engaged me now. But if you've got to have action that's going to feel rote to me, I'd rather it was this end of the film. So yeah, it's it, it it's fine. But it has told us a few more things. We know there are people determined not to sort of to keep the Grail sort of safe. And I think it's not just the Nazi angle, it's also a little bit like the Ark. Some things are just meant to be left. Mm. Um, it's so nice it, world building as well, it's, you know, it's not, it's it's more kind of, it feels, it, it's 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 more of like, it, it develops more of like the world, it's not just like, oh they found, it's found it in some cave, you know, it feels like there's there's other people doing stuff around it, you know, there's, there's more to it than that. Uh, it makes the world a little bit bigger because mm. we, we, we don't just have like four people are after it and yeah. that's it. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, it, it's I suppose bigger it, in its own. it kind of explains why it's you know not been discovered as well. You know, I mean, you know, there's those people who actually are actively protecting it, you know, making sure that it doesn't get discovered. You know, mm. um, so yeah, uh, so then Indy bonks uh, Elsa. <laughs> in, in, <laughs> oh, Chris is the only person who still uses that term. <laughs> bonks. Um, it's a nineties tabloid. Fancy a bonk. Yes, I had your daddy. I bet you're all quite good too. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what can I say? What can I say? I belong in this comic. What can I say? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, 
it's a it's a kind of an odd one how they, they managed to to get to this point. They, they they start off arguing, and then Indy kind of just kind of forces herself on it, almost a little bit. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure where he got the invitation to, but okay. <laughs> and it's not working. But it, it is quite humorous, you know, it's like, you know, he's saying, oh, I'm not that easy, you know, all that kind of thing. But, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it builds up something to which is kind of funnier later on anyway, so. We're about to get to the, we're about to get to the bit of the film that, like, I'm interested in. Yes. <laughs> we, 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 we basically get told that um, his father's been held at the uh, the castle, which I never really knew why the, the that brotherhood would know where Indy's father would be. They, they they somehow know and they go okay he's he's been held at some sort of castle in uh, is it Austria or somewhere in Germany is it in I Germany believe it's Austria. Austria I believe yeah, it's Austria the... but it, I don't know that it really matters actually yeah on the border but they are they are going to the heart of Europe where everything's hotting up ready for war um and they go and they go there and uh, <laughs> House of Ford does a, a very impressive Scottish accent <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Worst Scottish accent ever. To be honest, I mean, like you, you, you watch like Simon Pegg in the new Star Trek films. He's married, and he's married to a Scottish lady, so yeah. we're like, he can do an approximation. And now I'm sure there's people from various parts of Scotland who will say that doesn't sound right. But to the untrained ear, which is what we all are, it's like, yeah, that's that's okay. How good it is, I don't know, but it's okay. This guy was brought up supposedly by a Scot. And he cannot fucking remotely do a Scottish accent. It's so bad. But it's funny as a result. Is that the case? Or can Sean Connery not do an American accent? I mean, like, it, it wouldn't It wouldn't be, like... It wouldn't be the same uh, if... Um, you know, if it was, like, a really good accent. Because it wouldn't play as well. I mean, the fact that... I mean, the fact that... The, the whole joke is it's meant to be terrible. It's meant to yeah, be Yeah, this isn't it? like Marty McFly in Back to the Future 3 or something. It's... Yeah. It's... it's I think it's deliberate. I think it is anyway. And as for whether Sean Connery's Scottish or not, all right, yes, I'm aware he does the same accent in every um, everything. But bear in mind, his character would have been born sort of in the mid-1800s. Heavy era of, like, immigration. People coming to America afresh. He might well be very, very much be first generation to that country. I mean, like, and, and, and I think to prelude to the fact that uh, it is more of a joke. It's more deliberate as well. I mean, I mean, it, it's played as that anyway. But you know, the fact that House of Ford goes for a more, a very more stereotypical. Because Sean Connery, yeah, he's Scottish, but he's not like you know, oh, can I who you know, he's not like that kind. He's not, he's not your, you know, he. Can uh, can our listeners hear that one again, Chris? He's not no, like... uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like. What what I'm saying is Harrison Ford do, he doesn't sort of come in and do a Sean Connery impression. He just does like a generalised, really bad Scottish accent. You know, it's not it's not you know you know what I mean. So he doesn't kind of like well, and this is what my father sounds like. So I'm going to do what my father sound how my father sounds. It it's very much like you know. I mean I, I mean the impression I always do is a like, how dare he? You know, it's like, it sounds more Welsh or anything. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the tapestries really in that accent. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are a Scottish lord, I am Mickey Mouse. I am Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I I couldn't got a sneezel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a word I've not even heard of yet. Hello. 
so yeah, I, I love it. He always. It's like I just, I just love the fact he's dressed like Frank Spencer as well. It's just crazy. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering if we'd get. You know, I was worried what would happen if he said if anyone said the word black. <laughs> He did look like he was about to do a bit of art. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yes, black. Mm, yeah, put a bit of black in there. Yeah, black. Johnny, black. Black! Yeah, sorry, I'll get carried away with that. <laughs> black for the sky! <laughs> What's the team, mother? Pins, mother, pins. <laughs> Shadows and lies! <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that we are we all you know we all got that reference. So <laughs> yeah, well yeah, because Chris did it in an earlier podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, oh, all of this is fine, but I am, as you can hear from this, I am absolutely desperate to get to the bit of the film I'm interested in because I just think all of this pre him meeting his dad is just like not that amazing. Can we please meet Sean Connery, please? Junior. <laughs> and then he punches the uh, buckler and he... <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, yeah, so, so essentially, yeah, we get to the point where he he, uh, he finds his dad and uh, he, uh, he he swings through the window when he gets hit by a vase by a mystery man and it turns out to be Sean Connery. And it's just great here. Don't call me Junior after whipping out <laughs> a machine gun, you know. Look at what you did! So one thing that I love about like the, this pairing obviously John Boy's known for Bond but every time Hassan Ford does something quite heroic or dangerous or nearly gets himself killed he just stands there like in this look of awe and wonder he's like oh look at what you did and it's just like just like the, his eyes light up and it's just it's amazing it's like it, yeah, you, absolutely. Get, you get to realise that he's not his son's not um, he's not, not a stuffy boring professor he's not He's not accustomed to like what his son does, so he's he's a bit, he's, he's a bit surprised. But he's also there's also the bit where he he does the thing when he's on the bike and he looks at his dad thinking like like well, like wasn't that way? He's, he's, dad just does not look impressed whatsoever. He just does his we'll watch. get we'll get that. He's desperate for some affirmation from his dad, validation from his dad. Yeah, definitely. And nothing he ever does good enough because obviously the, the Nazis come in and catch them now and demand the book. Mm. Um, the book we've been talking about that he's been working on for years that's the guide to basically not only where the uh, grail is but how you get at it what you do with it and all the rest of it and um, of course Sean Connery says (laughs) don't be so silly as if he would bring that with him to me (laughs) and the look between them is brilliant and you just know you're going to be alright with this pair they just got such a good good rapport, you know. Even from from day one, like even from like, uh, I th- well, what, what, why did you hit me? I thought you were one of them. They come through the doors, Dad. <laughs> good point. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and this all whole, like, and this whole thing where he's just, like more con- more concentrate on the Vars, thinking, you know, it's a Ming dynasty, and then like this whole thing about like uh, it's a fake. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's like he's he's living in his own little world. Like we're focused on the fact that you know. And then an antique, essentially. It's just it. It's just funny. They get them out. They, yeah. So they, they, they obviously he calls him Junior. He basically uh, they start arguing, and right in the middle of it, Indy sets upon their assailants and shoots them. And I just think this is brilliant. All of this is brilliant. And now they've got to get away, and it becomes basically sort of a chase film for a while from now on. Yeah, but they get captured because uh, they he goes to uh, get Elsa and uh, sees Elsa. Being held at gunpoint by uh, the new uh, evil Nazi dude called Vol. Yeah. Um, 
And he's oh, like, Michael Byrne. Yeah. And he's basically saying, give me the book, I'll shoot the girl. And he's like, don't worry, she won't. She's in that scene, you know. And and it, it it's funny how you watch this and Connery's basically telling you everything. And none of us are kind of like... I mean, I, I don't remember kind of thinking about it too much at the, t- at the time when I was when I was young. But it's only like now, as an adult, you, you, you watch it and think... I definitely kind of... noticed him saying it, and I, I think I assumed he was right, but it's all over so quickly. Yeah. I don't think you've got too much time to have a massive back and forth over it. Mm. It's like, oh, don't uh, listen to her. <laughs> you know, and that, that kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but it's um, but of course, so she's now revealed, and they've now got the book, and, so and taken down, and then we have, we reveal who the the lead villain is, and it is a uh, Jason Donovan now. Don- <laughs> it is it is Donovan Razor Ruddock, the ex-former. <laughs> yeah, it it is uh, Walter Donovan, who we met at the start of the film or earlier in the film. Surprise, surprise. Which is a bit, a bit of an odd thing, American working within that scene at that time. I think that, that, that's probably like one of the biggest twists as well of late, later on, that he's not just a Nazi, he's also thinking of the bigger picture and he's off to the grave itself, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of naive. Rather than Elsa being a Nazi. It's kind of naive, I mean, I think, I'm not, I'm not sh- quite sure what Elsa, I think Elsa's just like, is. it's kind of like long, long lines of like that Belloc uh, mentality, it's like, it's yeah. more about the discovery, you know, and, and, and he just... Obviously, the Nazis are new rising power, so and the they're, they're forceful and efficient, so you know they just go along with them because they're more like to get to what what it is that they achieve. They don't really care about their end goal. Don Don's main main uh, idea was the fact that well, yeah, Nazis can can uh, can have the Grail, but I'll get to keep it and I'll get to like live forever. So they'll they'll come and go whatever, which is kind of neat. Do you think Hitler's going to go? Uh, yeah, sure, you can you can have it. I'll, you know, you know, he's, he's going to say, oh, we, oh, great, I've got this big thing that will keep me alive forever and also have, like, a give me an unstoppable uh, army uh, for the rest of the world. Uh, what's that? You want to keep it? Uh, no, dead. You know, that's more like what <laughs> Hitler would do. Which, you know, I think it's kind of, yeah, maybe it's because it's more, you know, we know history now, possibly, but I just think something like that is very naive, very kind of, like, <laughs> stupidly well, ill-foretell, but whatever, he's, he's the bad guy, so, you know... He's an idiot for doing it. Um, so, but yeah. And then, where are we off now? Where are we now? So I've completely lost track. Well, we're at the point where they're captured and tied up, aren't we? Yeah, basically they're, they're tied up. Uh, they've gone to get uh, Brody, um, the, 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 the bad guys, because it reveals that like he has the... There are pages missing from the book which tells them where... Where the, which gives them the missing clues as to where the uh, the actual map, the map the, is. The, yeah, the map is the map has been ripped out and given to Marcus. Yeah, and so they have to go and, and, and fetch Marcus. So we get and we get this like night very nice sort of um, sort of interplay with like where like Henry's saying he only bring Marcus along to this and he like and Harrison Ford kind of like double, doubles down on it. He says like no, he's he knows a dozen languages. He he, he has friends in every we'll, place. We'll have it by twenty. Yeah, he knows a dozen languages. He's got uh, he knows all the local customs. You'll never <laughs> see him again. The reveals in this are great because it cuts straight to him saying, "Does anyone know him <laughs> yeah, speak English?" Uh, <laughs> he goes, "He's off at like sheep size or something." He goes, "No, thank you. I'm a vegetarian." He's like, "Oh, yeah." It's just really great. Or something like that. There's a lot of that. And of course, he meets um, Sala, 
and yeah. that's about 55 minutes into the film. So we do end up cutting back to the Joneses, but at this point, Sala's there, and we're left under no illusions. Nazis have got their eye on them. And, yeah, they're essentially... Uh, they they end up kidnapping. I mean, you know, despite the fact that Salas uh, actually was quite keen on spotting them and, and does does give up and does put up a fight, they they capture Brody. Um, and we we cut back to uh, the Joneses and they're they're tied up, being kept alive just in case they're not too they don't, they're not aware that they've captured Brody at this point. And then we cut to Don, uh, Donovan uh, dri- driving off, and then he gets word that. Um, Oh, we can kill the, uh, the we can kill the, uh, the the Americans now. We we've got we got what we need. And the delight on Vogel's face where he gets told it's like what I really like. I mean, it's not really much to his character other than the fact that he's just a, a Nazi. But it, there's he, he does have like um, like it's not really told why, but he just have just just got a really really big desire to kill <laughs> to kill these two. It's like it's you know when he's tied up, it's like oh, can we kill them now? <laughs> you know, he's he's. He's, I know he, it's something about where he just really likes to kill people. I don't know what it is, but he's told he's literally there. He, 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 he's like a child at Christmas. He's there, like slapping. He's like laughing. It's like, oh my god, yes, thank you. Um, I don't know. It just makes him like um, like a bit of an evil twat, which is good in my opinion. Yeah, I love it, and I love this whole sequence that's coming up with them sort of tied together on that chair, and in comes Elsa and says, "What a wonderful night it was." And... <laughs> <laughs> and you've got Sean Connery going, it really was more than wonderful. She's not talking to him. And then, of course, their escape from this is just brilliant. And it, there's quite a lot of farcical humour in it as well because they keep getting. This, they, get, they, they accidentally were. Henry Sr. puts the place on fire trying to get them out of there with Indy's lighter. They go into the sort of the fireplace area for some sort of respite and they keep being spun around into the control room. <laughs> and I think that's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like out out the frying pan into the fire kind of thing. You know, they kind of like get keep getting like sort of seen, and it it's it's really well done. I mean, the thing that always cracks me up about this scene it happens all the time, and it's and it's it's not necessarily it it's just down to like Connery's delivery. You know, when when the place starts getting on fire after trying to like burn through the ropes, <laughs> uh, it's like a uh, um uh, um. The carpet's on fire. What? And the chair. <laughs> Always cracks me up. Always does. You know. But it's just uh, it's Connery's face. He's such a good comic actor. We go back to the previous series we did, and it was all like, oh yeah, yeah. Moore was the funny one. Well, only in the tone of the films they put out. Connery plays comedy so well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's evident here. Cause, I mean, he's got such good rapport, Harrison Ford. It's it's. I think ah. Uh, it's a shame. Yeah, it's, I always think it's almost a shame that they didn't do uh, any any other films. But then again, I'm kind of just happy that we have this. What they could have had, you could have had like Roger Moore and Patrick Whitney on one channel in the Dream Team with their sitcom, <laughs> and you could have had these two on the other channel with a competing one. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I tune into this one. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these, so they're the dreamier team. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so they anyway they do get out and they get on the bike and I even like the bit where he sort of sets some boats off just to sort just as a distraction and Connery's just we're not getting on the boat this <laughs> is really great and then of course they're straight on sort of bike and sidecar 
and it, this film hasn't stopped since they they sort of met, and it's mm. great. Yeah, I mean, it's just like nice little like little thing. I mean, before that, where like they're trying to figure out, and uh, and, and it it's not it's not just indie. It is Henry as well. You know, even even it's by accident where he sits on the chair. Sometimes if I just sit down and think, <laughs> and then he finds like the like, stairwell to the. Outside. It's like, Which Harrison Ford, you know, indie way to be a stuntman probably, but fell down them, and yeah. I love that. He doesn't look too concerned. He's just like, oh great, <laughs> <laughs> the problem's solved. <laughs> yeah, he feels it, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, uh, but that's yeah. what's making this film work. These two, yeah, and their reactions and the looks, and even during the bike chase, I could give two shits for the action. I don't really care, but every time uh, Indy does something, looks around at his dad, delighted with himself. And Dad is just not showing anything. Disapproving. I don't even know that he's disapproving. He's just not showing any... He's certainly not showing he's impressed. Or well done, son. Which is all he wants. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's quite like a, a massive stunt for that bike to like, just leap in the air and somersault. But yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it is one of the most you know, memorable parts of the film. Just like... After seeing that, and and, and, you, and you're with Indy, and with, with Wendy's with the audience, going like, "Look at that! Did you see?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> and then, of like, course, they, they come to a stop at a very convenient sort of fork in the road with different, you know, yeah. Venice that way, <laughs> Berlin that way, Budley Salterton that way, <laughs> and um, they have a little chat. They have a little chat there. Um, Henry wants to go to Berlin because that's where his book is. Indy doesn't think it's, there's any point. Head towards Marcus, who's in Greece, we think. And he is, he's got the map. And he makes the point that it's about more than the map. It's about the fact that there are instructions in there or clues that I got from, and he says where he got them from, to um, beat the traps, the booby traps mm. that surround the grail. And, uh, and as, also, as he quite rightly points out, if we go that way, we can watch Grange Hill being shot. <laughs> Uh, we we get get the whole um, point of like it's you know it's not about like um, it's not about the you know, the point of eternal life. It's about race against good and good and evil. It's making sure that the Grail falls in the in the right hands, not just like some evil hands like the Nazis, you know. Um, yeah. And it's like so it, it we do get like a sense of like well you know this is important. It's not you know it's not a sense of like or just for glory or fame or anything like that. You know it is for the benefit of the world. You know, to make sure that it's it is treated right. You know, um, and it's also it's also a repeating sort of line of humour through this film that when one of them looks really pleased with themselves or gets excited about some victory over something, it either gets undercut by circumstances or the other one's not very impressed. Hmm. So you've got Connery there going, and I've got him, and it's in the book, and it tells us how we do it, and he's like laughing, and he's like, we've we've got him, great. Where's the book? Well. I wrote it. What are they? Well, I wrote it down, <laughs> so I didn't have to know. And it's in that book over there. So they end up having to go to Berlin. Uh, yeah, uh, Ronald Lacey has a cameo at some point, doesn't he? Does he? I don't know. I, I've never heard that. Yeah, it's on IMDb. It's, it's under Gestapo, and I've tried to search for this, but for what I gather, he is like amongst. I think he's like standing next to Hitler in this. I think that's that's the only sort of thing. I mean, maybe if I have actually searched for it, but. Um, that's the only tech. Yeah, but he is under IMDb has like been cast in this film as a member of a Gestapo. 
Uh, I'm looking for a screenshot. Hang on a second. Uh, he looks so different full stop when he's not playing either of the roles we know him for. Uh, it's not overly clear, but if you type it in, you do get a lot of image, images up. Whether he's one of those, I haven't really got time to look. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can well believe it. He's, he's obviously there somewhere. So, yeah, but, um... So we, yeah, and he we, bumps, so Indy bumps into uh, Elsa Snyder again. Yeah, they're all burning books. She's crying because, you know, I think it's that's, that's sort of show that she's not a Nazi herself. She's not really has the same beliefs. She's just going along with them to, to get to the grail herself. Yeah. Um, uh, she disapproves of the book burning because, you know, knowledge. And um, uh, and then uh, Indy catches her and gets the, the book back and there's a the, there's a sort of brief sort of like uh, interaction with them where I mean it's, it's kind of uncomfortable because he's literally got like a, uh, a hand around the throat it's a little bit it's a little bit kind of like unnecessary I don't know but the, the thing that always I mean it's, it's going to sound bad but the only thing that kind of or, or the always thing which is like so that all I do have to do is squeeze and she's like, all I have to do is scream like, and I always think but you won't be able to scream if he was strangling you. <laughs> you won't be able to do that. So, um, yeah. But you know what? But I, you know, for, for say the point. But it does feel a little bit kind of like very rough and ready, you know. But you have to sort of think. I suppose the very fact that it, he was, she was involved in putting his father's life in in jeopardy and misled him and everything else. And then that scene. Okay. And yeah. Like, okay. You know. All right. It's over fairly quickly anyway. Do we go straight to the uh, blimp sequence now? I we do remember. just before the um, the Hitler autograph signing. <laughs> <laughs> we get that. Yeah, as so he basically well. signs, signs the Grail diary, and then yeah. Which again, it's another, he nearly had it. He nearly had it. It's another kind of humour, but it's just going to show like not well. Hitler's not kind of key to everything, isn't he? So, um, so yeah. So we we go straight to the blimp. Um, um, like, now we've we've had clue, little clues of their relationship at the very start. I might not love the opening sequence, but you know he runs in excited about some find, and his father's busy and doesn't want to talk to him. Um, uh, we've had at the crossroads. Mom never understood this obsession of yours, etc. They are clearly not close, and this gets expanded on. And I love the blimp sequence because you have a proper conversation between the two of them, but you also have the funniest line in the film. Um, I really, really like this. They, they get on the blimp, and he's just saying, what I learned was I was less important than ancient artefacts. And Sean Connery's argument is, I tried to teach you self-reliance. Mm. And privacy, which doesn't sound right coming out of a British uh, mouth. As we can call it <laughs> privacy over here, I believe. It's a bit like in... Uh, it's a bit like in uh, Frasier when you see uh, Daphne say things like status and data. It's like, that's not how we pronounce it. But there you go. Um, but I, I really like this sequence. And of course, the Nazis know where they are and have caught up with them. And I really love this because he basically keeps the ticket checker and beats the shit out of him, chucks him out the window and says, no ticket, and they all get the ticket. I know, it, it, it's a good, like, it's a good, nice sort of build-up, because it's like, you know, because um, I, 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 obviously Indy kind of, like, spots him beforehand, so he, like, kind of 
just dresses up to, to be like like an usher or, so, or something. <laughs> he's just like yeah. creeping. That's what along. I mean. The t- yeah, whatever they call him. But the guy checking the tickets, yeah. he, he basically steals his uniform. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's just a, a good joke, well told. Um, and then they have the, the more of the conversation and what they talk about, like the you know get more plot development in terms of what the actual clues are, what they're gonna have to do once they get to the Grail, um, and then they find out they go they're heading in the, in, the, in the wrong direction. Now, I'm not sure whether that's because they've been alerted that they are on board, so they're going back to kind of capture him. I don't know whether they, there was like a mistake they made anyway, but. Um, I, I, I expect, yeah, I expect it's that one. It would be like, but like, Vogel would have just gone like, yeah, um, turn, turn the around. But there's actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they get, they get, yeah, they get away. But obviously, they are, yeah, get message to that thing to turn around. And of course, they get out in the plane section of it. There is, a, there is a scene now. You know, to Luke has always been like a, a, a Pat Roach thing uh, in the Indiana Jones film, and there was a scene filmed, or at least partly filmed. Um, or at least shot to some degree, but um, you see when you initially see Vogel running, r- running to the um, the blimp in the first place when you know, right. when they first get but you see him going on go, uh, running with someone else. That is Pat Roach. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, and there was a scene. There, there was a fight scene. Probably like I think it was like one punch or something like one of the things. But it was like indie. Came across that other Gestapo member uh, and and punched him in, in the face, and then knocked him out before as well. And there was going to be partly when they escape this, uh, they escape the blimp themselves. There was going to be partly. You see, there's um, there was a, there was another, like an old sort of World War One um, G- German who's like who, who's like look who looked kind of pissed. Uh, you know, he's like kind of like blinking. You see him like kind of one of these establishing shots of. Of the scene, it was supposed to uh, get him. You can look this up; it's online anyway. If you go on Raider.com or Raiders.net, I think it is. Uh, explains everything. But but essentially, they were going to have like them kind of chase after him. But because the uh, in in the film, the the pilot was too drunk, he forgot to turn the engine on, so the plane was just going to drop and just kill him, like kind of like a humor type thing. But they, but okay. Pat, but Pat Roach was going to actually be in the scene. This is what they're going to be like. Have like the patch rope scene in in this, which uh, which is a shame they never got round to. I don't know why they it's not in the film. I don't know what if it was it was never properly filmed or they lost out money or they just decided to cut I'm, it. Out I'm base. looking I'm looking at I'm looking at a photo now of Pat Roach in costume for yeah. that film. It's a signed photo actually, uh, not signed for me. I mean it's online, yeah. but I, I'm I'm looking at it. Yeah, so there, there's the evidence and there's actually a shot of him. Coming down from the blimp section to the plane, yeah. So, so uh, it's, it's yeah, it would have been nice to see, but anyway. So they 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 basically go and uh, escape from uh, using a uh, an old uh, biplane. I know the, the um, oh, I'm not so sure about this section just because it doesn't look. Um, it looks quite ropey. It sentence. looks a bit ropey, doesn't it? The effects here. The, oh, like in terms. Of, okay, well, I, I never had a problem with it. Everything it, in the plane looks very, very back projection. Yeah, blue screen. It is. I, 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 d- I don't know what it is. I mean, I never had that much of a problem with it. Probably to down to the down to the um, the aesthetic of the film. Like it, it, it is like late eighties, 
but you know, so I'm not sure there's anything in the first two that's as bad as this. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's great. Maybe maybe it's greater ambition. Maybe I don't know. I don't, know. It, I don't think it's was well, by today's standards. It's certainly not bad. I mean, it's probably cutting edge. You know, for 1989. Mm. Um, but obviously by today's standards, I mean, there's a scene where obviously they where he's booted out the blimp, and you just see him shaking his fist in anger. Arr! And there's this obvious outline behind between him and the blimp. Page, think, oh. it, it doesn't ruin the film, but it, no, it, it isn't great. It isn't great compared to what we've had. And it does... Bad effects don't normally take me out, but it does a little bit here. Just a little. Yeah. But I there mean, you go. It's okay. But, you know, what? Well, everything else carries you through. I mean, you've still got Harrison Ford and, and yeah. Sean Connery. I mean, the whole, the whole thing with the... Um, with the with the with the team of playing, he, try, he, he tries to shoot him down, and Connery shoots the tail, and he turns him. He's like, "Sorry, they got us." They got us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't tell the time. Well. I mean, it's such an obvious joke, but where he says to him, I, what, ten o'clock, Dad." I can't remember what, what he does say yeah. there, but let's just say he says ten o'clock. He's, yeah, and he gets, yeah, and he gets the pocket watch out. That's brilliant. But it's just like a small. It's not like it's it's not like a big. It's they don't make a big thing. It's just like a little character thing. Yeah, it's just yeah, and yeah, and, and, and just I just uh, it, it's not necessarily the joke; it's how you tell it. You know, it, it is. It's basically the, it, you know, it's basically this guy doesn't understand what would then be a young person's vernacular. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> and, great. And, and just it's just that little sort of naughtiness how he just doesn't like <laughs> he doesn't want to say sorry, son. I shot a <laughs> I shot our plane. <laughs> it's like they got us. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, I love it. Um, so yeah, they uh, they they kind of crash land. They they find a car, uh, and the uh, it, it's it, it, even the little sort of things where like he's like, oh, that, we can't don't, don't come any closer than that. And the one just like sort of lands them in a dish. It's great. Sorry, I get carried away. Yeah, they don't get any closer than the yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, watching that again today, the bit the way they drive into that sort of hole in the ground whoever's driving that car or whatever sort of dummies they've put in it or whatever the way they hit was really hard mm. that that was uh, that was quite a heavy impact but it's just it's the physical, physicality of the series though it's always been like you know that you know every punch scene you know seems really hard you know it's like it's rough and it's ready you know so it just adds to the context i think but yeah probably <laughs> um i mean it, it, but it, even though just before that we've had like a plane go going to a, a tunnel <laughs> cutting his wings off with the little sort of roger moore look across yeah <laughs> <laughs> wave which i kind of like you know i mean I, I loved it as a kid it was it was great you know yeah i'd like it now i think it's really good um, so yeah, I'll, so I'll be willing to go. Yeah, fuck it, you know. Um, and you know, I, I, I like how Henry m- manages to kind of just like, murder a load of seagulls. <laughs> but you know, it, but again, it's like shows that you know Henry uses his head as well and can get involved in the action. You know, it's it's, it's great. You know, little sort of a little sort of touch to, to real that sort of nods to the fact that they are like father and son. You know, they are completely different, but they're kind of the same in the kind of weird way to be honest looking at Mutt in the fourth one you just think well the apple fell a fucking mile from the tree there didn't it <laughs> James Bond and Indiana Jones both smart as fuck as well you know both of them have shagged like a fucking supermodel in this film yeah. <laughs> and then basically 
Mart. <laughs> okay, to me. Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Oh dear. Oh yeah, so we get taken to um, Republic of Hatay. I can't pronounce it. It's short-lived. Um, but anyway, they go to Turkey and have their entire mission funded by Alexis Sales and Turkish royalty. Uh, yeah, this jars me, but that might be because I know Alexis Sales. Yeah, <laughs> and whatever accent he's trying to do drops in a couple of places quite badly, and it's just a scouser talking about some car. I don't even like the colour. <laughs> it's yeah, I could have done without this, to be honest with you. But sorry, it's it's really short. I mean, I mean, it's it's it seems like one of those scenes that you would find in, in like what and the special features on deleted scenes. You know, it's it. I'm it, surprised it's in the cut. Yeah, it's like you know. I mean, I, I, I know it kind of like explains the fact that all oh, they're kind of they're in a different country do, doing what doing what they want to be doing. They're kind of asking. I don't think mission. it would have occurred to me without this scene. I don't think it would yeah. have occurred to me. You, you lose track of what country they're in anyway after time. I don't think we need this scene. It's no. very short and it's not particularly ruinous, but it's it looks and feels like a deleted scene. It shouldn't be here. Yeah. I mean, you don't really sort of think about it anyway too much, but anyway, anyway. Um, Except it's a Lexi sale. Yes, that's probably why he was in it. The play just Spielberg's probably just a huge Lexi sale fan. But we do get onto that the action, the main sort of big action of the film now is they they have made they the Nazis have arranged passage to where they need to go, which is what mm-hmm. that's about. And we have pretty non-stop action from now on. Yeah, uh, it's uh, we we cap, Indy catches up with um, Salah, and they yep. can, they basically just go on a chase. And it, what happens is probably one of the best action scenes I've seen that that series has. And it's probably one of the most memorable action scenes that I have growing up. It kind of feels of a piece mm. with all the sort of truck truck chase stuff in Raiders. Yeah. Very sort of similar style, but it's a tank this time. Henry's with him. Henry kind of goes his own way and ends up being captured as well. Um, So you've got Henry and Marcus inside the tank and Indy trying to get at it. And he's he's on horses and you've got Sala knocking around as well. Um, But as as you think this is, as you've uh, noted, what a good action sequence this is, tell us a bit about it, Chris. Um, I just love how it... I mean, it, the, the scale of it, really. I mean, it's quite simplest, simplistic in terms of... So it's basically sort of like Indy has a fight on a tank uh, or chases a tank, has a fight with a tank, but there's always various different... You know, there's action going in. There's, like, you've got Henry and Marcus inside. You know, there's, there's stuff going on. There's humour. You know, there's... it. There's, there's Grammy with, the, with the, the cars blowing up. Even, the, like, the humour of it with, with regards to, you know... And he just shoots, shoots them all, all the Nazis in a line. It's just kind of, it, it, it just really works. But I think what I really love about it, it's just probably like the most grandstanding of the action set piece in the series. You know, it's it's rough, it's dirty. Indy looks fucked from the you know, by the end of it. I mean, he's fucked halfway through it. You know, it's just, it, 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 it's what it's what you want from, from, from it, really. I mean, I don't really have... I mean, I, I mean, what do you think of it? What's no? I think it's a wonderful callback to Raiders, but for me, the scene goes on probably about ten minutes too long. No, come <laughs> um, on. Yeah, for me, I'm sorry, but this is. I mean, it's it's really well, well, it's really well paced, but I just think it's. I never get. I could, I could probably watch it all day. It's just, yeah, it's just. I don't know. Um, 
it's just it's kind of it doesn't it has it ends it several different ways um and it, it could have been a, a bit shorter i mean it's, it's a very good sequence i can't i can't fault anything wrong with it um but it's just it goes on a little bit too long for my liking unfortunately but that's my only criticism you know the pen was mightier than the sword you know come on well no it's, it's clever yeah the clever lines which literally like the Oh, it's like you know you didn't, they, they get out of the tank and they didn't get out of the tank and then it's just you know make your mind up but I, I, it's, it's a really good scene though I, I do enjoy it but it's just too long that's it, all indeed dangling from the tank and his dad and his you know dad comes in to, to shoot the we've guy we've seen there. it already in, we've seen it already in Raiders but apart from you know I, I, I enjoy it I've got my only problem is it just goes on a little bit too long um, but that's my only criticism otherwise otherwise it's okay I like it a lot I, I, the only thing that ever confuses me is it every time I watch this film he squirts the guy in the eye with ink, and the guy seems to be knocked out by that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have I missed something there? Uh, I, I think it's probably how it's shot, but essentially the, the guy kind of like they, I think they kind of fall back at each other, and I think it's meant like hit the back of his head on the on the on the side of the tank, on the wall of the tank. Somewhere. Yeah, uh, this it, uh, Spielberg's got too much attention to detail for that. So I mean, I'm sure there was meant to be an idea, but it is a bit like some of the crappier Bond films where he touches someone on the arm and they're knocked out. Yeah, it was a bit like that, a tiny bit of. Maybe, maybe it's called back to that. You know, he, he actually got Connery. You know, what I like is with this sequence, and um, I, I I fall between the two of you really. I think Becca's got a point. I think maybe it does go on slightly too long, but it's it's um, it cuts very well between the different things that are happening, and that's easier said than done because it, it, so many bad films would get that wrong. We'd be cross-cutting too often, or we'd realise, hang on a minute, eight minutes have gone by and we haven't seen anything from inside the tank. Uh, there's constant... The dialogue's good, and again, dialogue in action sequences just in general is awful, just in films generally, it's crap. Well, the way Marcus and, and um, Henry are talking to each other are great. Salah turns up at the right time. There's a bit of inventiveness about Connery being on the track of the of the tank and having to be sort of rescued with the whip. Mm. There's funny bits like when they swing forward and he hits his head on the viewfinder that the guy's looking out of and then knocks him out with it yeah. by accident. And it's just things like that. I, I think it's actually very, very well done. But if you told me that you could cut a couple of minutes from it, that might tighten it a bit, possibly. Possibly. I mean, like it's you know, it, it it's one of the things. If it was if I if I was Spielberg, I might I might be probably think. But one lines of you saying, okay, I might want to look at tying it up. But from a, a fan's perspective, and and always enjoying the scene and never really having a problem, and you know, it's you know it. To me, it's almost like, well, you know, it, it, it's, probably, it's probably my favourite set piece in the series, so I might, I'm not going to want to have anything true. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you, though. I just think all its constituent elements are really great, and I just think it's cut together expertly. And, of course, what, what I like as well is, and I thought about this earlier, that quite often in this film, we, we finish one bit of peril to realise it was just part of a larger piece. Mm. So, you know, most of the battling's done. We've sa- we made a big deal of saving Marcus. And essentially, big... in terms of action, this is kind of the big set piece, you know. In terms it is, of and I love that teams don't put that at the end. Mm. I know we're near the end, but I hate it as the last but one scene, you know, yeah. where it's all action, little bit of a wrap-up and done. I've got a real issue with films being structured that way. Um, so, but again, we've made a big deal about saving Henry, Henry's been one of the dual MacGuffins in this film, you know, that we've got to keep him safe and get him back and all the rest of it. 
we go through all of that to rescue him. We just about rescue Indy in time, just in time to find it's about to go off a cliff. Mm. And we've got just enough time to recalibrate to that. And then that happens. And it, it, I just love that. I love that aspect of we thought it was over, but that was only one part of it. Yeah, it does change like, all the time. Like, it comes from like uh, Indy getting on, on the tank, Indy fighting on the tank, Indy dangling off the tank. You know, uh, uh, Marcus escape, uh, Indy fighting Vogel well, while uh, Marcus and uh, Henry, Henry escape. Indy trying to save um, Henry while you know while taking punishment from Vogel. He's, he's just basically just punching him. You know, like, literally, he's like he's open to anything because he's saving his dad from getting run over by a tank. Um, and it's you know it, and then you get the whole um, sort of time thing, like get getting off before it goes off a cliff. You know, it's it's very kind of packed. I'll, I'll, I will give you that, but you know, but then and even and even his hat coming off at just the right time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, 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 this series has always had a feel in the, in its action of having to kind of make it up as he goes along, and it's the same with almost like this is not a fight with one goal. Well, it is because you're trying to stop them getting it. But you know, there's Marcus involved. Then there's then his father. There's then him trying to save his own life. There's then trying to stop the Nazi guy. Then there's trying to save himself as he goes off the cliff. It, it's 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 a fight with lots of and different phases kind of to it. Grim as well, but you know, like when when the tank goes off and you just see the the, the kind of like the proper close up. Well, it's not really close up, but basically you get like Vogel's face is sort of like just travels straight towards the camera, and it's all like bloodied and kind of. And he, he kind of looks like a dummy himself, you know. It's you know, it, it it's just look, it just looks almost kind of like well, you know, he's just had his head slammed against a tank, but you know. But you also have the, you know, the 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 fallout of like oh, Indy Indy was there, you know, which we don't buy for a second anyway. But it sold really well, you know. We get the um, actual Henry, you know, Sean Connery, act a bit of remorse or since like crap off. I've lost him, you know. You know, maybe... I didn't have enough time, yeah. which you know that that happens in a lot of father-son relationships. And yeah, it's that kind. Of, you know, it, it hits home the fact that maybe he should have spent a little bit more time. You know, that kind of hint of regret finally from him. Um, and you know, and the re- realization is 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 wonderful and brilliantly overly too brief. It's like you know, I thought I thought I lost you, and generally. Gives him that love, and then also it's like, right, well, what do you stand around? We've got words here. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. And I suppose literally just looks like I just, I, I, I need a few hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that there's an actor I can think of who sells exhausted and battered like Harrison Ford. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thinking about it, yeah. I mean, like we said this in an earlier episode that if if you go and watch the screen test of Tom Selleck playing sort of the the Marion's bar bit, if you like. Mm. He's really good. Several actors could have done that. I, I don't know anyone, I can't think of another actor that could have sold me this. Yeah. In quite the same way. You're right. I mean, I can't think of anyone else either. Yeah, he does. Oh, fuck, I'm making this up as I go along better <laughs> than most people. And he does the sort of battered as a result. Yeah. Just perfect. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so then we get to uh, Alexandria, the uh, the temple in it, um, where the Grail is. Yeah, so you arrive at um, Impetra and Jordan. Um, for the three challenges, they have to undertake the, the Grail. So you've got, like, um, Breath of God, where you have to basically kneel. The Word of God, where you have to 
you know step on the right stepping stones in order to actually get through to the next part of the uh, part of the challenge and then obviously the path of god where he has to appear to walk through the air which is quite cleverly done i think um to reach the tomb but um, i think all this is is preempted by a um it's basically a, a race against time because he, he shoots um, henry doesn't he and he's got this horrible gaping wound so it's basically a race against time to get to the grail and save him in time what do you guys think of the last third of this film yeah, I mean, again, it's like Dave always said, the series have always kind of, well, maybe not the last film, but it's like, but like they, it hasn't ended on an action sequence, it's more end on the, on more plot, sort of, why it's always, end, it always ends where uh, it started, and the fact that they're, they're in a temple trying to get something and, and face off, you know, whatever... The, the dangers that are in there rather than a full-on fight scene, you know. I've, I've, I've always really liked it. I mean, I, I like, I like the, the vulnerability of shooting Sean Connery. You know, it's, uh, it, it is, it is a bit of a, you fucking bastard. You, like, yeah, <laughs> how you know. dare you? I mean, but, but it is, you know, in, in, in terms of persuading our, our hero to do his bidding, it's quite ingenious. It's like, well, you are quite a, you know, evil do to kind of do what do what you need, need get your hero to do what you need to do. Um, yeah, there's only one way to do it, and that's to shoot your father in the guts. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's quite obviously when he, well, we'll get to it in a moment. Obviously, when he drinks out, you know, it turns out to be like the wrong kind of grail, and that's kind of. I mean, it's, it's like um, Toto as well when he has has like face melting death. It's one of those that like, really gross out deaths, isn't it? As well. I, I I could never look at it when I was younger. I always had to close my eyes. It always yeah. <laughs> Watch it through my hands. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was literally like that. It was like it was that, and in Raiders, I think it was more more to do at the end of uh, when they get trapped with all the snakes and all those kind of corpses can't coming out of it, and the snake comes out that skull always kind of grossed me out couldn't watch it yeah it's, it's bad enough that guy being decapitated like at the start a volunteer goes on and he obviously doesn't know that he has to kneel yeah and it's just like that's a bit gross and then obviously can, when he can you just... imagine being part of that a lot of being next and being like all his uh, head's just like I'm like not me no thank you I'm not going next okay let's I'm get on this contestant up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave what do you think of it I've always enjoyed it. I mean, some of the effects are a bit dodgy, and I don't—I mean, dodgy as in—I don't mean dodgy as in quaint because they're of their time. I mean, dodgy as in they're overstretching what can be done at this point. But I've always enjoyed it. I think it's structured really well, and I just think as you as you watch anything Spielberg with a with a critical eye, the the way he puts these things together always really really well thought through. Love the scene scene with the old knight at the end. Um, the whole thing with the Donovan effect is uh, the the foley and, and music work that goes with it. That's half of what's creating the effect. It goes all insanely horror kind of. It is really terrifying. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. And of course, we then it then leads straight into an action sequence. Uh, effectively, just a little action sequence as the place starts falling apart. But it's more personal, though, isn't it? It's more you know. It's yeah, the place starts falling apart, but it makes more of a personal impact. You know, it's. Yeah, we're not in a we're not in a villain's lair here. Yeah, no, it's just like this. This you know this this monument. Obviously, this this knight is kind of he's obviously got to be he has to die. He's got to be sealed within the team, hasn't he? Poor guy. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. He must be so fucking bored. Like, <laughs> it must be <laughs> like I found the Holy Grail. Fucking great, nice one. <laughs> Let's count the number of grails again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, still same number. I mean, yeah, it, 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 same it, number. doesn't yeah. he even have a, a book or something? Does he? <laughs> 
book. He's now on his own. <laughs> How long a book would that have to be? <laughs> I mean, he might, he, might, he might have the Bible. I mean, but even, even then, it'd be like, great, well, let's read the Bible again. Page 74. Chapter <laughs> 1. In the beginning, there was God. Oh. And the place is falling apart. And he, and he waves at Indy, going like, thanks, and we trapped in here for longer. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think he only has started to age once because he said the strength had gone out of him and he knew he was coming. I, yeah. I think I think he might have just started to age re- very recently, basically. But I, I, I like um, the scene when they're actually, they're actually choosing the grail. And he's like, oh, you know, which one is it? And he's like, well, let me choose. And he's like, well, how the hell does she know what it looks like? You know? And she obviously goes to one that's all, you know, covered in, in gold and jewel encrusted and I think it's I've always of, thought that was deliberate yeah I think so exactly exactly it's just like it's her way of getting revenge and, um, on Donovan and just what, like kind of what, almost what, 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 not so much revenge just get him out of the picture just just get him just get rid of him because he's a nasty bastard I mean I, I've, I've never looked at it like that I mean I've always figured that it was generally her I mean he, he went, went, to, went to her to kind of like okay well you kind of more read up and more what the grey would look like and she's a bit more oh well in terms of <laughs> how it's been described or how it's been portrayed, nice. this one looks kind of more akin to, in terms, not, not saying in nicest, but in terms of like, this looks like the right sort of frame in terms of this matches what it's been yeah. drawn as, painted that described as in from from the from the artifacts and readings and manuscripts that, that I've come across. Whereas Indy's kind of thought a bit more outside the box, thinking, well, logically, Carpenter, what's going to be like? It's just a cup. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just a cup. That's it. Yeah. It doesn't have to, you know, it could have been something that was, you know, put just on the table at the time. I- after going against, after going against uh, Elsa's gone first, and obviously seeing, well, that's that's wrong. Um, right, well, let's the one that stands <laughs> out more than that, I guess. I mean, yeah, <laughs> let's pick one that looks more normal. Hmm. <laughs> and then it's just like, how, how the hell would she know? And he's like, oh yes, it looks more beautiful than I thought, ever thought it would. And it's just like, what the hell? How the hell do you know? And that just always, yeah, just it always was quite ostentatious. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. I think he's just taken back because he obviously, you know, he's, he's has no knowledge, so he, he trusts her. So he, oh, he's, he's I'm confident in her decision. Sees it, sees that it's like it's quite a nice sort of thing. He's taken her back, going, oh my, you know. And I mean, I think at that time he truly believes that that is it, and he, so he's very much like, oh my god, it's even more beautiful. Should have just been a mug, shouldn't it, with like carpenter, <laughs> carpenter's screw standing up written on it or something? Yeah, should should just mugs it's like Grail, the Grail of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> This one, with a big label on it. This, <laughs> this one here, not that one. This one. Well, why? Why has he chosen? <laughs> oh no! The, no, it should be that at the bottom. It should be. It should be said that there's one of those books that has writings on the bottom. So when you like drink it, it says chose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> you chose wisely. <laughs> or, or it's, or, or it's like the, the worst lineup ever. It's like TVs and cuddly toys and plates. And then a mug <laughs> with <laughs> Grail written on it. Wobbly man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While well, 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 the others said like, uh, what? Well, <laughs> well, all the all the others should sort of should be other mugs saying like, uh, infinite life, infinite life, infinite life. But the, but the, but the thing in the bottom saying, not really. <laughs> anyway, we digress. But yeah. So basically, it kind of ends with they all ride off into the sunset, don't they? They discover that obviously, it's obviously you got. John Connery, who is Henry James Jr. And he's actually Indiana Jones, like they named him after the dog. So then they ride off into the sunset. This should have been the end for this incarnation of, of Indiana Jones. Now I think we understand that these things will always be rebooted, redone, whatever. But I just think this is as perfect an end to a series as you're going to get. Mm. 
Uh, partly because it was done on their terms. It wasn't, well, the previous, this one bombed so they didn't get another one. Um, they went out the way they chose. It's called The Last Crusade, while Star Trek V was called The Final Frontier. It doesn't necessarily, just because something's in its title as a hint of finality, doesn't mean that that's reflective of the plot or that it means it will be the last one. But this film is is set up and finishes as a goodbye and I think it would have been perfect to have just left it here. I love the way they all ride off together. In the all sunset. the humour's intact. It's just great. It feels right. I mean, it has got an emotional punch of the ending. I mean, I think it does It does end right. I mean, uh, with the fact that Indy tries to save Elsa. Elsa wants to, doesn't sort of seem to comprehend the fact that the Grey won't leave. So no. she, 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 she gets uh, hypnotised by it almost and kind of like wants it and... And, and dies as a result. Indy almost does it himself because he, he's tempted to be, be able to reach it. Um, but hearing his father, whose quest has always been to seek the Grail, tells him to let it go, and it, it and he calls him Indiana, which is not Junior, which hits home. No, well, it, 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 it and it kind of you know it, it's it's just a, such a it's a nice personalized ending, you know, to what is kind of like a big epic kind of. It's the way he says it as well. Yeah. Drops his yeah. voice and says it very quietly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's 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 quite touching. I mean, I I, I say I nearly very had poignant. A, yeah, I, I, there was a little bit of moisture in my eye. I know it wasn't come. Uh... <laughs> what do you get up to while you're watching these films? <laughs> and who was at eye height with you? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I... <laughs> On a date with Robert Darby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him on the show at one point. I'm sure he's not going to come on the show, Becca. Particularly not to discuss like the Godfather trilogy or something. No, we've done his film. It's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. We'll get him and Bruce Willis on for Die Hard. Yeah, because Bruce Willis will definitely say yes, won't he? Yeah, because he's quite a friendly guy. Yes, helpful. Yeah, helpful. Always chatty. Very kind of uh, very friendly towards uh, interviews and that. Loves it. Yeah, movie critics. Yeah. Very, uh, you know, very, you know, can, we get, can we try and get Jeremy um, Irons on? Why? <laughs> we could try. Why? <laughs> That'll work well. Well, we already got Samuel Jackson, the Queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they listen, but they don't want to take part. I guess it would ruin their enjoyment if they're on it. They'll get all yeah. self conscious, yeah. It would, yeah. It would be crossing that boundary, wouldn't you? So it'd ruin the illusion. <laughs> Still, at least this was the last Indiana Jones film. It was, yeah. I mean, it, it is to my For a mind while. still. No, I, 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 don't, I won't count next week as an Indiana Jones film because it's not. I, it's kind of snobbish to say, and you know it is, but I, it, it's that far removed because it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not quite the same, is it? It's, it's not close there. enough in terms of no. time because I'm. I grew up with the series that I, I saw. Um, yeah. I, I saw the the new film um, in my late twenties. I want to say, um, and it just wasn't same experience I, I didn't relate to it I, I don't think it's it's as good as in, it matches up in its quality I, it's it's not it's a misstep and it's not the indie that I remember so I choose to um, ignore it <laughs> you know yeah that's it I think to be fair I think um, well not to be fair really because I'm being majorly unfair but I think Charlie Biff had a lot to do with it as well I, mean, I think this was before he kind of went downhill and had his meltdown um, but he was kind of at the, at the time. I mean, he, he, he had, a lot, had a lot of output. Um, he was like flavour of the month, I think. Um, I'm not saying I, I rate him or I don't rate him, but it's just you know cause he was he, he was there. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. We'll talk about we'll talk about that next I week. I will 
I don't actually know yet how tough I'm going to be on the film. I really genuinely don't know. I don't put it... It's not a die another day for me. And even die another day, I didn't know I was going to be quite that tough on it. Oh, God. I um, said another day rant. I don't know that it's possible when I get into it. But I don't like Temple of Doom either. So it's not a given before I revisit them this week that... I, I love these original three, and then you've got this one, because I don't like Temple of Doom either. So whether it will be that much worse, I don't know. I suspect it might be only because there's more there. I think the biggest problem with Temple is it doesn't feel of a piece, and it's thin. I don't think Crystal Skull's as thin from memory, but it does feel like it's doing an impression of an Indiana Jones film, again, from yeah. memory. But I don't, I, I don't know that particularly if you take a Temple of Doom, I don't think the drop-off's as dramatic as some make out, but certainly if you take this and, and Raiders, it, it's not in the same league. Mm. But not every, not every film can be like Cannibal Run. No. <laughs> <laughs> but what can, eh? Well, maybe Rat Race. But... Cannibal Run 2. <laughs> yes. I guess. <laughs> you know, but before we get all depressed, I think it's time we learn something. Becca, fun facts! Come on, Carl, chat facts! I've got five fun facts. One of which we may have found out earlier in the show. No, I told everyone to forget they'd heard it. <laughs> five words, God. Yeah. No. So they don't know. And I've yeah. forgotten anything. Dave literally went around the houses of every single listener... And did that, that thing that Will Smith does in Men in Black. <laughs> he just wipes the memory. <laughs> yeah, which is odd, because I just thought most, I just assumed most of our listeners would be fucking homeless. No, it's not really a fact. Obviously, this is, part of, this is number three in a three-movie deal between Spielberg and Lucas. Um, obviously, partly due to the criticism of the Temple of Doom. And they thought, obviously, well, who else? He better to play Henry Jones Jr. than Bond himself, Sean Connery. In fact, number two. Well, the scene from the Blimp. Oh, Roger Moore, yeah, or Tim Dalton. <laughs> or Lays- or Tim could have got, got Lazeby. I mean, Bob sure Holness, <laughs> get Bob Holness in. I'm pretty sure Bob he... Bob David Niven, there you are. I need a pee. <laughs> Woody Allen. Actually, speaking of, on, on, that note, on that note, I've actually got another fact in a moment, so stay tuned. Okay, keep going. So, number two, uh, during the scene on board the blimp, um, it was actually meant to be, that scene was meant to be set in the wintertime. It was actually high summer. And you only see them for the waist up for a reason, because they're not wearing any trousers. Because um, it was so hot and all their outfits. So they thought, right, we're just going to get rid of our pants and stay cool. Otherwise, it'd be very sweaty during that scene. When we say get rid of our pants, uh, we use <laughs> the American meaning of the word. We're not suggesting they sat there tackle out. No, they just didn't, they didn't wear any trousers during that scene. So, but if you're American, yes, they're wearing pants. Um, I think that's quite funny. <laughs> um, no yeah. pants. <laughs> no, that's fun. That's fun, folks. That's a fun fact. Um, Is that a blimp or are you just pleased to see me? <laughs> You'll be able to walk for days. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, obviously, as we touched on before, um, House of Ford actually recommended for Phoenix after working on him, working on him, working with him, on the Mosquito Coast. <laughs> <laughs> they just all no work on each other. No wonder, you know. that kid, no wonder that kid turned to drugs. <laughs> I, th- I think House of Four's lawyers will be getting in touch with us after this. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> no, no. Of, sort of on that point. Uh, sort of on that do, point, Do yes. check out The Mosquito Coast. It's really good. Yeah, it's a really good film, actually. Yeah, I highly recommend it. So. 
I think it's, it, the whole ending of River Phoenix is um is, is really sad. I think he's had so much promise and he just obviously had so much, you know, at such a young point in his you know his life and career. So it's a really interesting interesting story if anybody cares to read about it. Really fascinating. Also really tragic. Oh. Um. Anyway, fact number four. Um. Yeah, going back to what we were talking about just a few moments ago. Um. Obviously, Sean Connery was Bill first choice, but if had he said no, they also would have approached um. John Pertwee, so Doctor Who, of all people. Um, John Pertwee? Yeah. See, See, the thing is, because of my age, I see him not as the Doctor, I see him as Wurzel Gummidge. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So so I'm imagining him on the same asking for a cup of tea and a slice of cake. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that would have worked. Well, it might yeah, have done. Be, I mean, it could, it could have been a revelation. It could have like pulled out a performance that was like could have worked. Christmas but... 1979. I was three, three. I got the Wurzel Gummidge album. They did Actually, an album. Christmas 1980. I was four. He made an album, and the lead oh, okay. song on it was called "A Cup of Tea and a Slice of Cake." And for <laughs> listeners, we will post. I will post the video. I remember when I was little, I was just like terrified of like like dummies and figures and stuff like that. I don't know why. Um, and I remember going to like a little harvester when I was little, and they had like a bottle of it. And like he, it was on his animatronic one, so he pushed a button, it kind of it moved and things like that. And that was like, actually terrifying to me. And I used to be terrified of us when I was little. <laughs> I think it's quite funny now. Um, oh, I was a huge fan. It's it it funny, but I just found it terrifying. I don't know why. Well, it's um, scared anyway. to life, really. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. But I think you know, John Pertwee was hilarious. My um, in the eighties, this is digressing. I think um, I was on holiday to New York. And actually bumped into him whilst he was there. He was holidaying with some friends. Um, and he bumped into John Pertwee in a bar. And um, my uncle does, he does, he's really good at doing impressions. And they just basically did like, was Gummidge and did all these different voices. I thought he was delighted with that, wasn't he? He was like, fucking great, nice one. Yeah, and he's like, right, get in there, do it, and everything. But no, I was, I, I was trying to find the photo of it. Um, and he's just, it's a really lovely photo. But my uncle was just, he's so starstruck. And he's just like, that, you know, he got to, you know, got to chat to him and, you know, see what he's working on at the time, and yeah, it was, it was really good fun. Um, We've stalled and, somewhere around fact three here, haven't we? We have. <laughs> but another um, alternate. That's how good the fact was. It was very interesting. We got so stuck. Was, was, apparently, so who, who else was it? Was it Sean Pertry? Sean Pertry. No, Sean, Sean Pertry. wasn't born, John but that was kind of a yeah. thing. Actually, no, he probably was. He's about forty. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, Gregory Peck was another choice, so you could have had um, could have had him as well. Um, I think this is quite an interesting fact. Um, I bet you didn't know so we, we were going to cover John Pertwee's <laughs> holiday arrangements, considering he died 20 fucking years ago. <laughs> that's, it. that's a kind of bizarre tenuous family link, but I have to, so that's good fun. Um, but I was kind of, I remember reading a book on like, the making of uh, this film quite some time ago, um, and apparently like, the dialogue between Henry Jones and Henry Jones Jr. Um, was written by Tom Stoppard, but under a different name. Um, Barry Watson, I don't know who that is. Obviously, Tom Stoppard. Um, obviously, the great playwright. Um, if you haven't seen the film version of Rosencrantz and Goldstein, I highly recommend you check it out because it's hilarious. Um, but he was paid um, $120,000 uh, for, for the film, and then another million after it came out. So that's why the, uh, the dialogue is so good, because it's written by Tom Stoppard. Well, I think it's fair to say that's fun, folks! Not very fun, but very, very interesting anyway. Oh, all the, all the words will go. Anytime I can read, live those golden moments where he had a hit with cup of tea and a slice of cake, <laughs> I think that's really great. Never seen that. I shall have to dig it out. Uh, I've just posted it to you. 
it's on it's on the Facebook page. I'm gonna stick it on I'm gonna stick it on our page now because it got discussed today. There you go. Anyway. So, so from, anyways, was... from some of the greatness of things like Wurzel Gummage, we drop away oh next week. This is like Christmas Scott was like the dying of the day of the franchise. Oh my god. Not as bad as dying of the day, it isn't. No, it's, it's not as bad, but it's it more down to the fact that it was it was hyped up because it was with the turn of Indy. And then we got some basically we got what we got. And I think, you know, there was always gonna be some people some level of disappointment with the, with the film, I think, in retrospect. Um but I'll I guess we'll save it up, listeners, for next week. When we actually view the film we can I certainly didn't feel the hatred everyone else felt at the time. I just felt mildly disappointed. And the more I thought about it, the more problems I started to have with it. And how bad that's got, we will get to next week. But certainly at the time, I've walked out of things far, far more upset about how they turned out than yeah, the Yeah, I mean, to a degree, I, I, I felt the same. I mean, I, I mean, if to sum it up, I went in kind of wanting. I, I, I went into the film being great indie, and I walked out of the film not having that, having not having that satisfaction for what I, 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 what I wanted. So I just actually watched Raiders and the Crusade again, and I was just like, well, that's the indie I want. So I have to satisfy myself with. I didn't films. want it. That's the thing. I didn't want it because they kept saying they try and coax Connery out of retirement. And I just knew instinctively he'd say no, because he'd been retired for about five years by the time it came out. Around the point they were filming it, about yeah, 2007, it had been four years since he'd done a film. Um, I just felt he'd say no, and he did. So that was point one. Point two was three ends so perfectly. And then I started hearing Shia LaBeouf, and I just thought, this has uh. just got George Lucas's fingerprints on it. And the end result does. And then the the, the real problem was when I heard the title because it's clunky. Yeah, yeah it's quite a long, long way to title. It's really it? clunky compared to this, for example. But um, we'll get into it next week, which means Becca. Oh wait, no, social media. Where can you find us on social media? <laughs> which means Becca. Why where can we find us on social media? Don't know why I'm shouting this bit. Honest, it's not a mistake. Right. Well, uh, you you can... I think we got away with that. <laughs> Well, you can find me uh, at Cinematronics on uh, on Twitter, and you can find this podcast at uh, thecinematronicsco.uk uh, for where you find all my podcasts, which I rarely upload uh, update. So, <laughs> apart from this one, yeah. If you're itching to find out what Batman versus Superman was like, rubbish. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, Becca, where can we find you on social media? Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at RV Movies, and um, you can find us. Actually, Dave, where can we find you? I've just realised I didn't say where I'm from. Get me at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter. Do you get me? Do you get me? Yeah. Um, you feel me, bro? Yeah, so you... Come get some. <laughs> yeah, come. Get some. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you can if you want, but I'm alright. See, they at expectustotalk.com, facebook.com, slash expectustotalk, or you can email us, expectustotalk at... At gmail.com. <laughs> I'll do that last one again. Exactly. Is, 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 is that the new address? Like, <laughs> yeah, I added raspberries. It's, yeah. Well, I think that's gone very, very well. <laughs> What's next week, Becca? Next week, unfortunately, we are discussing 
Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And the Kingdom, and the kingdom of the Shia LaBeouf. 